moving your career further faster. That's the mission behind Cascading Leadership. Each week, we're bringing you stories of women, immigrants, members of the global majority who have risen to the ranks of senior leadership in the world of business. Get ready to gather the insights of some of the world's best business leaders and apply those to your career. If you're interested in sales and marketing effectiveness, organizational effectiveness, talent strategy, DEI, or HR tech, tune in. We're going to share with you what they don't teach you in business school. Welcome to the show. Welcome to today's episode of Cascading Leadership. I am your friendly neighborhood talent nerd, Dr. Jim. And with me, I have... Lawrence Brown, otherwise known as LB, just the cool one. That's all I got for you. Who told you that? Who told you you were cool? Lots of people, all the time. They're lying to you, dude. So super excited to have another episode. This is going to be a great story and it's uh, it's going to have some interesting twists and turns. Hi, I'm Michelle Olson and I am a senior manager of IT service operations for Molson Coors Beverage Company. And I've been working in IT for about 25 years now. And it's been an interesting journey, which we'll get into today. Before we dive in, I think, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't ask how much how much drinking happens at Molson Coors? Because that's what I'd be doing. I'd never get any work done over there. So we get a lot of free product, which is amazing, but we get more than the average person could actually consume. So we all share it with our friends and family, but we also have an amazing pub on premise as well that we can stop down at the end of the day and share a drink with our coworkers. For all the people that are listening, if you need free beverages, hit Michelle up. She's on LinkedIn. We'll figure out shipping or whatever. But Molson Coors, free beverages, shipping to Scotland, whatever. Let's uh, let's make that happen. <laughs> Your story is really interesting, Michelle, and I think there's a lot of aspects to it that uh, that we want to get into. And obviously, just the simple fact of you being a woman in technology is a story in and of itself, and we'll get to that uh, a little bit later on. But. Your path to becoming a senior manager in IT is is pretty compelling in and of itself. And I think the journey to get there is really where the meat of this conversation is going to be. So why don't you walk us back to where it all started or how it all started and set the stage for us on, on the early years and what it was like growing up? Yeah. So I was born to teenage parents. I was the second child and my parents were teenagers. That in and of itself brought a lot of complexities, right? They're just kids themselves raising kids. Obviously, relationships starting off that young, they were forced to get married by their families, and that only lasted just shy of nine years. We, my brother and I, growing up, we were back and forth between houses and with our mom, with our dad. And you know, it was really difficult going through that as a child, not a lot of real stability. And as we got older, we eventually began living with our dad. I was probably around the age nine or 10. So I lived with my dad and my stepmom. And they had two more kids together. So we had one big happy family in a very small house too. So it was very interesting from that aspect, blended family and half siblings, but we didn't have a lot of money. We were, my family was a very blue collar family. My dad came from family that worked in manufacturing. And that's what he did for most of his life. I didn't know what the corporate world even was. Growing up, I'm like, oh, I'm just, I'm going to be a hairstylist. I think that's a good path for me. It's fun. I can be creative. Not thinking that there are other things out there that I could be doing. I'm just never exposed to those sort of things. It's interesting you're talking about those 
the earlier your experience from your youth, it's been a common theme that's come along in a lot of the stories that we've told where there's been some level of non-standard upbringing. And he touched on this a little bit and you actually let into it when, when I chimed in. When you're thinking back to really young parents who end up getting divorced early and then you're shuttling back and forth between multiple or two households and you have the blended family dynamic. All of that has an impact in terms of how you view the world and your ideas of what is possible for you. Tell us a little bit about how that shaped you in terms of what the possibilities were. I'll go back to, so I had a teacher, Mrs. Black. She was amazing. She was my fifth grade teacher. And she was the first person ever in my life to say, you can be more, you can do more than that. And I had never had that kind of encouragement that I received from her, like never had that from my parents ever, even just the thought of, Hey, I want to do this. When I grow up, I want to go to college, never encouraged, never supported. She really started to change my outlook. Maybe I can do more. Maybe I can have a different life than I've grown up in that my families have come from. And that really, I think really started that path for me in the back of my mind that I want to do something more. I can do something more and go through middle school, high school. That was really tough because at that point I'm like, okay, I think maybe the path for me might be like in the medical field, nursing. That was where my mind was at that point. And here we are like later in high school, taking ACTs, trying to get all the prep stuff done for college. And back when I was graduating high school, you need, it was, we didn't have the internet. So everything was on paper. I took my financial aid forms because you can't get a loan without filling out those forms. Dad, stepmom, I need you guys to fill out your section of this so I can get loans for school. And no, we're not going to do that. That was the response. So there was completely no support from that standpoint. I was very devastated. I attempted multiple times and I moved out in the middle of my senior year. And I was working two, three jobs during the later part of my senior year of high school. Got a small apartment right after that. Got a full-time job a week after I finished high school. And I took classes as I could nights and weekends at a local technical college. And I couldn't go down the nursing path because there were multi-year waiting lists at that point. What am I good at? What am I going to do? I started down the path of I'm really good at math. So maybe accounting is a good path for me. So I started working in some accounts payable, accounts receivable type jobs. And then I was working for Cheney Systems. Michelle, you talk about the impact that uh, Mrs. Black, I think you said it was that how she, the impact that she had on your life. When you look back on where you are today, it seems as though it was a spark of sorts. Talk a little bit about the spark that she provided. And obviously we don't have a crystal ball, but in hindsight, where do you think that it could have gone if you hadn't gotten that spark? So I think that she recognized that I came from a very broken family and she wanted, she dug into and wanted to learn more about my personal situation too. And then knowing me from being a teacher as well in class and seeing what I was capable of from an academic perspective as well and intelligence and all of that. And I think that she, as she met my parents and understood that dynamic, I think she just felt compelled to want to intervene and look, you can, you can be more, you can do more. And I think that 
She spent a lot of time with me, like recesses. I'd hang out with her and we'd talk about different things. And she taught me a lot more than she taught during the class. So that was really, it was almost like a, like she took that motherly figure for Mm -hmm. me, maybe filled, really filled some gaps that I wasn't getting at home. And I think that really started to change my outlook on truly being capable of doing more and stepping outside of that box that I would otherwise probably find myself in down the same path as my family. I think it's a great point that you make. And I think that it's one to call out for our listeners, because when I think about, I think about early in my years, right? And I think all of us at some point in time, whether it was a parent, but in your case, someone that was outside the household, that was a a catalyst that when Mm -hmm. we talk about our development and I think our whole show is about moving your career further faster. It's actually, these are the roles that we can also play in people's lives, being that catalyst. As you think about the, and the, did she know, or what were some of the things that you think that she helped to cultivate? What were some of your favorite subjects? And, and did she help you to identify some of those? Yeah, I loved math and science. Those were huge for me. And I think that she encouraged me to learn more in that space. And in fact, we had a, the school district had gifted and talented program and they would take kids and put them in some of the special classes that were we were learning some more advanced things she had recommended me for it was like it was called challenge math and we were doing the basics of calculus in fifth grade the small group of people that she pulled together and I think that really she encouraged me she made me believe I could do that I could actually do more than we were doing in our day-to-day lessons I think that's what really sparked that STEM piece, if you will, for me, the maths and the sciences really are because she encouraged me in those spaces because she recognized that that came very easy for me. And talk a little bit more about once you had you got the spark, you knew that that math was your space. What did the, the next steps in your life look like? Yeah. So those were some of the classes that I continued to as I went through my educational journey through middle school and high school that I did well in and continued to strive in those areas, except for geometry. That was not a good one. For me. But all kidding aside, it's been that really drove where I wanted to be if thinking about what my career path was. It wanted, I wanted to center it around something like that. So it's interesting the the whole concept of spark, because just about everybody that we've had in the show has had somebody that influenced them that way and gave them a view into what's possible. To echo what Lawrence has said, I'm a big, I think it's no secret. You guys see what's here. And for the people that are just listening, I have like Funko Pops and comic book characters and all this sort of stuff in my office. So I'm a big comic book nerd. And one of the, one of the comics that I'm a huge fan of is the What If series for Marvel. So I'm wondering, we know where you are, but what if that spark didn't happen? What were your prospects looking forward Based on what you knew around you, what could have your life been were it not for Mrs. Black that kind of oriented you a certain way? What do you think that would have looked like? Thinking about that, I definitely would not be where I am today. I can tell you that with the utmost certainty, I would not be where I am today. I don't know if I would have gone on to get an education. I don't know if I would have valued career or strived to provide better for my own family into my adulthood. Yeah. That's, I don't, I honestly don't think I would be where I am today. So when you talk about that, it, it looks like you're doing 
some definite retrospection as you uh, Jim had asked that question. So you had the acumen for math. How did the acumen for math catapult you into high school and then college? How did that unfold? Yeah, so I think that I still had my moments of not doing homework and things like that, like I should, like every kid does, right? But when I would catch myself and I started to go down a path, I wasn't putting in the effort that I really should be. And I know I needed to reel myself back in, refocus. I do think that just those, the maths and sciences were a really big focal point for me and really sparked my interest in some of these other areas, like the medical side of things back in high school, hadn't even considered IT or anything from a technology standpoint, but in full circle, that's where I ended up landing is in that STEM area. So did you have a traditional path though through high school into college or was it a different path? I did not. When we when it came time for I did my ACTs, got those tests back, had the financial aid forms, hey dad, stepmom, I need your signature so I can get loans and go to college. Yeah, no, we're not going to do that. And yeah, it was I got the excuses like it's none of their business. It I'm not you're probably not even going to go to college or finish because they didn't do that. So why would I? And it was very discouraging for me here. I was like, I had this motivation. I need to go to school. I need to get a good job. I need to do better. And my dreams were flat. Now, what am I going to do? I think back to my experience going through that as a generation zero immigrant and I didn't have that scenario where my parents said, no, it's out of the question. We just didn't know how to navigate it. And then I go and ask my high school guidance counselor. And his first question is, well, how are you going to pay for it? That's why I'm asking you. So don't ask me the question that I'm looking for the answer for. That's the whole point of me reaching out. Now, yours is a little bit different where you didn't even have the parental infrastructure. I did not have the parental infrastructure to help me there. Yeah. And you mentioned that flattened you, what was your process to recover and readjust and keep going? Like, how did you navigate that? I was very emotional over the situation, to say the least. Being a teenage girl, coupled with that as well. Yeah. I decided that if they weren't going to support me, then I was just going to go it on my own and support myself. And I stopped living with them during my senior year, was working multiple jobs, got a full-time job right after high school. And what I was able to make and pay cash for to go take classes at a local technical college. That's what I at least did to start doing something for myself, get some form of education to help me toward trying to build a career for myself. I couldn't finish a degree. I couldn't get loans to go to school because I think it's even the same to this day. You had to be either 24, be married or have a child or be a veteran, all of which I was not. So I had to have my parents fill out that section and they would not do it. And it's, you know, looking back, I just, I can't even, being a parent now, I can't even fathom that. I do nothing but encourage my own kids. So yeah, that was very tough for me. And yeah, I think that I did what I could from an educational standpoint, started working in IT. And eventually later on down the road, I was at a point in my life where I was able to go back to school as an adult, as a working parent, I went back to school and completed my undergrad degree. And I I put my heart and soul into it to prove that I could do it. And I was capable. I finished my undergrad degree with a 4.0, graduated summa cum laude. So I was 
very proud of myself. Never got a congratulations or anything from my family. Not a single thing, completely not supportive, even as a working parent and adult, nothing. And I did choose to go on, continue on right away. And just recently graduated with my MBA a few months back. And again, nothing. Hey, I graduated. Oh, okay. Not even a congratulations or any support from my family. Despite not having that support, um, what do you think was that, that catalyst that still burned inside of you to say, hey, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do it? What were some of the things that you thought about as you said that, but no matter what, I'm going to go ahead and do that? Because I wanted to grow my career and that was definitely a limiting factor for me. I had many years of experience working in IT at that point, but I was starting to encounter situations where you don't have a degree, but I have the experience. Yeah, but you don't have the degree. And then moving into more of a leadership role, that's a deal breaker most of the time, not having that education to back up your experience as well. Michelle, you're hitting on one of my soapbox triggers. Warning, I'm going to soapbox right now for everybody that's listening. So here's what set me off. I think you and I met when you were at the early side of that. And what's interesting when we play that forward and put it in the context of the great resignation, there's a talent shortage, there's a great reshuffle. It's amazing to me how a piece of paper can determine whether you are or are not qualified to do something in the light of somebody that's in a hiring position. I think it's complete crap. And I've, I've written about this so often that a lot of these talent shortages, air quotes, that I that people talk about, it's actually a shortage of imagination because there are plenty of perfectly qualified people who can do any number of jobs to the detriment of the employee landscape that's out there. People want everybody to fit into these nicely constructed little boxes. And if you don't meet everything perfectly, you don't get a shot. You and I had, I think this might've been along the lines of one of the first conversations that we had. And that's how like our friendship started. So I want to call that out to anybody that's in talent acquisition that's listening to this. There are so many phenomenal people that are just getting passed over because of arbitrary criteria that doesn't really impact the outcomes that they can deliver into organizations. With all that being said, you had a vision for yourself. You knew you wanted to go this direction and you're in this spot now, but between where you are now and where you started from, there was a lot of grinding effort that took place. What was the big thing? And I know that we jumped back and forth, but what was the big thing about IT that that captured your interest? So I was working for a company where I was doing some accounting work for them. It was a technology company. They did technology consulting at the time, back in the days when you do the custom built PCs, we built PCs for consumers and businesses as well. I had some people take me under their wing and, hey, we need some help in the, the help desk space. And we thought maybe we'd give it a shot. We'll start out, we'll teach you some of these things. And I was like, yeah, I'm fully on board with that. And I was learning a lot already from around the technology space, just working for the company. And it just, it just hit. It was like a light bulb went off in me. Like it made sense. I understood it. I liked it. I wanted to learn more. I loved the ability to be able to troubleshoot and dig into problems and try to figure out how to solve complex issues. We didn't have Google that we could just quickly look up 
the solution to things, we actually had to put the effort in to troubleshoot things. That way, I loved it. I loved it. And I loved being able to like, hey, I solved this problem that somebody else couldn't and helped someone with their issue. Like for me, I got so much job satisfaction out of that. And that really changed my my path because I was here, I was thinking accounting was my path and was taking some accounting classes. I immediately started taking IT classes as best I could to provide a good foundation for moving into the next role that I took from there, which was I went from doing some IT work there to a full T role. Tune in next time for the conclusion of our conversation with Michelle Olson. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cascading Leadership. We hope you enjoyed the story as much as we did. Make sure you subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast player. Follow us on YouTube, TikTok, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Leave us a review. Tell a friend. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, reach out to me at jim at cascadingleadership.com. Tune in next time for another great episode that will help you move your career further faster.